Hello, my name is Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we've got for you this week. Coming up today, I'll take a look at the dramatic reshaping of the leasing industry that happened last week, while Tom explores a recent sale of a passenger 7478. Joe will tell us about an airline startup planning to fly all premium economy A350s, while I'll see what hope there is for the A380, especially with returning to British Airways. Finally, we'll see why a ding-dong on Donghai Airlines means no more new routes for the carrier. So now you know what's in store, we'll shortly get on with the show. But before we do, Joe, you've got some exciting news to share with us. I have, and uh, it's all confirmed now. We are uh, launching our very first ever webinar, and we've got an amazing guest for this very first webinar that we've tried. Um, Who could that be? It is Sir Tim Clark, president of Emirates Airlines, um, and we are going to be using John Grant to host the the episode. So it'll be really exciting. It should be a a great conversation. The title of our webinar is Hub and Spoke versus Point to Point. So Hmm. we are going to be talking to Sir Tim about whether the hub model can continue to work in a post-COVID environment and uh, looking at the rise of the long-haul narrow body and how that's going to change things. But we'll be talking about lots more as well, COVID and the industry recovery. Uh, Hmm. We'll be talking about his fleet, of course, because we're all about planes. Um, And we'll be just talking... (laughs) (laughs) We'll be talking generally um, to Sir Tim about his experience in the airline industry. So, as usual, with everything Simple Flying, it's completely free. Everybody is more than welcome to attend um, to book your place because they are quite limited um, and we've had quite a lot of bookings already which is exciting um, please go to simpleflying.com where you will find a post pinned to the top of the page oh I should say when it's happening as well shouldn't I um, the help. date for <laughs> the date for our webinar is the 7th of April at 1pm UTC so please use Time Buddy or something similar to work out what time we've tried to kind of pitch it at a time that will cross lots of borders and attract lots of people to come. So um, please do join in 7th of April, 1pm UTC. Go to simpleflying.com to book your place. Um, And so with that little plug, we will get on with the show. (laughs) Okay. And I guess you wanted to start by telling us about aircraft leases this week. Yeah, goodness, as if I haven't done enough talking already. Um, Yeah, so uh, not the most exciting news in terms of aircraft, but really significant for the aviation industry Mm. was that Aircap has bought GCAS. Um, So Aircap is one of the world's largest leasing firms and it has bought out GE Capital Aviation Services, otherwise known as GCAS. Um, And the deal was worth around $30 billion, which will be paid in a a combination of shares and cash as is normal in these sorts Mm. of of uh, big money transactions. Um, GE, the, the parent company of GCAS, will actually own around 46% of Aircap following the deal. Um, but, you know, they, they're hoping to complete the transaction process by the fourth quarter. So although they've announced their intentions, it's still got to go through all the usual red tape and regulatory hurdles, yeah. including shareholder meetings. I mean, we've seen how long it's taken for the Air Transat Air Canada deal. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. It does take a while, but by the end of the year, they should be one and the same company. Um, mm. And actually, this is kind of on a par for Aircap. Um, they, they've got a track record of doing lots of these kind of big uh, acquisitions. Um, yeah. It purchased Debbie's Air Finance in 2005, Genesis Lease in 2009, ILFC in 2013. But this deal is its biggest yet, and it will make the combined company the biggest leaser in the world by quite some margin. Okay. Um, so the, the combined fleet of the two leasing firms is over 2,000 aircraft. Um, right now, it stands at 2,098 aircraft leased out to around 200 airlines. Um, but obviously, that is growing. They've got a huge order in with the, the OEMs. Mm. Um, in terms of their fleet, Aircap, actually, although it's the larger, uh, although it's the smaller fleet, it's got a more valuable lineup. Um, Sirium's portfolio tracker showed that Aircap's fleet is worth just short of 30 billion against GCAS's 19.7 billion. Um, but together, as a new leasing company, they're going to operate around 18% of the world's leased fleet. Wow. Um, and just to put that in perspective, the next largest leasing company is Avalon, which has around 5% of the leased fleet. So this is like it's basically like American United and Delta all becoming one airline. It's it's a crazy amount of consolidation. Mm. Um, and of course, like I say, they've got loads of orders in with the manufacturers, over 500 aircraft coming over the next few years. Um, and they've got some really big plans as well. So Aircap plans to continue investing in new technology aircraft. So um, right now, they reckon that the combined fleet of GCAS and Aircap is about 56% new technology aircraft, meaning things okay. like... Uh, the Neos and the Maxes and the Dreamliners. Mm. Um, but they want to swing that up to 75% by December 2024. So I think we can see some uh, significant investments coming out of this deal, um, particularly in things like, I say, the Neo and the Max. Maybe um, the A220? Uh, quite possibly, yeah. That is uh, classed as a new technology aircraft, so uh, you never know. <laughs> mm. um, and they crossed. very <laughs> much want to stay focused on the narrow body market. So right now they're about fifty nine percent narrow body, and the rest wide body. And they want to push that up to two thirds, sixty six percent by the end of twenty twenty four. So mm. I think that's uh, you know the, it's not an airline, but it's the power behind the airlines if you like so i think this really gives us a good bit of perspective on where the kind of aviation industry is going in the future mm. um with this focus on new technology narrow bodies long range narrow bodies um, and i think we could well see some more orders coming out of that newly formed company in the near future oh i can't wait to see what comes of that Absolutely. Like I say, it's not the most sexy of topics and uh, <laughs> didn't get a huge amount of, of traction on our site. But uh, in terms of, of knowing that, what's going yeah. on in the aviation world, you know, for me, it was like enormous news. So, mm. uh, so yeah, I had to give it a mention today. But uh, Tom's got a topic that is a little more sexy, which is all about a passenger 7478 that got yes. sold. So, right. For quite some time now, orders for the 7478 have been rare. Because, you know, like they've stopped building the passenger one um, a while ago. And uh, last year, uh, Boeing pulled the plug on the Queen of the Skies production. So we did see a couple of last minute orders, though. In January, we saw Atlas Air place the order for the last four 7478s to roll off the production line. And now an unnamed customer has laid claim to a previously built aircraft. So supposedly Ooh. this is a 7478 that's parked up in the Mojave Desert and it was due to go to Lufthansa being painted in the airline's colours but it never ended up with the German flag carrier. So what do we know? Well, 
Not a lot, really. Um, the order is attributed <laughs> to an unidentified customer in an unnamed country. So, uh, uh, well, that be, tells us loads, then. <laughs> yeah, anyone. Um, it could even be me, for all you know, but it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> you wish. I do wish. Well, if, maybe I'd love to make one as a house, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but while we don't know where the aircraft is going, we do have some clues about where it's come from. So the publication Scramble suggests that the aircraft that was sold um, is the one with the line number 1435. And mm-hmm. you may be thinking, what's interesting about this particular 747? Well, according to data from Planespotters.net, this aircraft was due to go to Lufthansa as Delta Alpha Bravo Yankee Echo. However, Lufthansa didn't take up the aircraft and instead it became November 828 Bravo Alpha. And it's kind of been used for some testing by Boeing, is my understanding. Okay. But um it's now 10 years old and it is sitting in Victor at Victorville in the Mojave Desert. And in fact, our photographer Vince, who you may remember from a few episodes back, got a smashing picture of it just the other day. Nice. Um, so it's currently wearing the old Lufthansa livery without any identifying features such as the logo or the tail crane. Um, but according to Scramble, Boeing asked Lufthansa if it could keep the plane and reduce the German flag carrier's order accordingly. And this is supposedly because it was part of the 7478 test program. Uh, so okay. I'm led to understand that it's slightly heavier than Lufthansa's other 7F47-8s. Oh, right. So, okay. Yeah, I guess um, it would have made sense for this aircraft to be the one sold, just because, for starters, there's not really a huge market of 747-8s available, um, and Boeing is not going to not gonna build anymore. But um, we did ask Boeing about it. They weren't able to confirm that this is the aircraft being sold, but they did tell us that it's a previously built aircraft. So okay. it, it, it kind of points in that direction, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I guess my guess is um, it will go to a wealthy head of state, but like we don't really know. But what do you think, Joe? Well, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's got to be private jet territory, VIP transport sort of thing. It would be highly unlikely for a commercial airline to take a, a 10-year-old 7478, particularly mm. in the current climate. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it ends up. And, uh, of course, the new Air Force One Air Force Ones, I should say, are based on the 7478. So uh, it's got a good track record and uh, maybe we'll see it with uh, a president one day. We never know. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm, I, I agree with you. I doubt it's an airline because it wouldn't really make sense for any airline to hold a single one, except maybe Lufthansa, who already has the fleet. But, you know, yeah, let's, they let's, don't let's, want anymore. <laughs> they don't, but they do want all of another plane. This is my terrible attempt at a segue. Um, <laughs> they do want more of another plane, the A380, A350. And what can you tell us that's <laughs> totally not related to Lufthansa about the A350? <laughs> Well, it is Europe, so you're in the right ballpark, Tom. And uh, yeah, it was actually really interesting because one of our journalists came across this as a, as a bit of an exclusive insight um, that an all-new A350 airline is coming and its name is going to be Pragusa One. He's probably going to sleep me for my pronunciation of that. I, I, um, I thought it was more like Pragusa. I don't know. Okay, I'll I'll leave you to the Europeanness. <laughs> I'm very British, I'm afraid. So it plans to base its operations out of Prague and Dubrovnik, and the name is actually a combination of the words Prague and Ragusa, which I'm informed is the historical name for Dubrovnik. So okay. there we have. Pragusa One. Um, it's eyeing Airbus A350 900s, and excitingly, it plans to outfit them in an all-premium economy arrangement. Um, it is just a paper airline at the moment. There's there's mm. nothing kind of concrete um, is it apart from paper of, planes. 
<laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, so yeah, there's there's a very uh, colourful livery, shall we mm. say, that uh, has popped up as a concept. It's very Marmite, and, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure if I love it or hate it, to be honest. But do check it out on the site because it's uh, quite a, a thing to behold. <laughs> mm. But uh, they are pressing forward and they're applying for an air operator certificate in Croatia, apparently next month. Um, so they're going to have a base in Vaclav Havel Airport in Prague, PRG. And in the Czech Republic, its base will be at obviously Dubrovnik yeah. in uh, in Croatia. So there's going to be two of the A350s based at each of those airports. Um, and apparently the airports have already agreed to provide incentives for Pragusa 1 to start services. Um, so from those bases, they plan to operate flights to the US, to China, Japan, Malaysia, Singapore and South Africa. Um, and it's already been having um, conversations with a network of airports in these destinations, including uh, New York, Tokyo, Beijing, Los Angeles, mm. Singapore, Johannesburg, Chengdu and Kuala Lumpur. Um, and it is in talks with Airbus for the order of four A350-900 aircraft. Um, so the thing is that the deliveries of the A350s, obviously there's a bit of a wait and this yeah. won't take place until 2024. Um, okay. But it doesn't how, how want does to wait that then? long. Well, it doesn't want to wait that long. It wants to be in the air a lot sooner than that. So mm. uh, it wants to start flying as soon as June this year. I mean, to me, that sounds quite ambitious, but mm. uh, you never know. And in the meantime, it's going to wet lease aircraft from a European provider. Um, it's negotiating for two A350-900s and two A330-300s. Um, so, yeah, there is room I mean, for this airline. There it's, is the, um, the South African A350s are currently going free, about. aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I, they're going free, but well, they, they I, are I kicking feel about. No, I think they're, they're at Tyrell. Oh, are they indeed? Yeah. Ah, so, interesting. Would make a logical point choice. but it, <laughs> it would. But I think the issue is that they're not going to have all their crew and yeah. um, things like that organised. So they need to do a wet lease. Oh, initially. yeah, no, this is just this is just my wish, wishful thinking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so there has been a considerable loss of capacity, um, particularly to long haul markets from places like Prague and Dubrovnik. For example, mm. um, American Airlines was due to operate a daily Philadelphia to Dubrovnik this summer, um, but it's cancelled that. Qatar Airways has cancelled the launch of its Doha-Dubrovnik route. Um, and over in Prague, direct flights to Shanghai and Beijing have been cancelled with Hainan Airlines and China Eastern Airlines. Mm. Um, so it's really, you know, the impact of the pandemic has left these airports rather underserved. Um, but I think the most interesting thing about this is that it's going to be 251 seats, all premium economy. So uh, they're obviously targeting... I guess, a leisure market, but people that want to fly a bit more comfortably than just being shoved in cattle class. Mm. Um, and I believe they are looking to be kind of low cost, but I guess there's a limit to how low cost you can be uh, when you're potentially flying much fewer people than you would be in, in a great big aircraft like an A350. So, mm. uh, so it'll be interesting to see if it does come off and hopefully we'll have more news on this in the future. But uh, I wouldn't mind flying from uh, Prague to the USA in uh, premium economy that sounds rather fun actually I, I don't know you know it seems a bit out of the way for me <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Croatia and I've always mm. wanted to go to the Czech Republic and uh, I've never made it to either right it's very naughty considering I am in Europe and it's not that far but uh, it's just other things always come up I don't know there's always other places to go but mm. uh, 
yeah, I'd love to be on the inaugural if you're listening. <laughs> Frogu's the one. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd love a trip to Croatia. Take you on that one. Yeah. Well, we might have to go together and we can have a nice, simple flying chat on the way. <laughs> I mean, this is the perfect space for a segue into your last one. But, um, you know, like it, instead, it... <laughs> I'm going to talk about... What are you trying to say about my temper, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to wait and see. Um, in the meantime, let's go on a tangent into the world of the giant of the sky, the Airbus A380. Um, it wouldn't so by... be a simple flying podcast if you didn't. I know. Um, so by this point, I almost feel like I'm uh, the A380 could be my specialist subject on Mastermind. Um, so we had quite the week of the Giant of the Skies. Notably, Airbus started testing the last A380. Um, and with the manufacturer's serial number 272, the aircraft completed engine power and te taxi tests. So basically, they turned it on and see, saw, did it, does it work? Okay. The good news is that, yes, it does. Um, well, that that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next steps for the aircraft are to complete its rejected takeoff tests, and then it will probably fly to Hamburg to be painted, because this is what they usually do. Um, and this, and this, this really is marks, an Emirates one, isn't it? Yeah. So it marks the end of an era for the A380, because it's the last one to undergo this process. And as you know, there's five left to be delivered, and they're all going to Emirates by the end of next year. So it's kind of sad, but it's also... It's nice in a way because you know these brand new aircraft at least aren't going to get scrapped for a couple of years because you can <laughs> just imagine the uproar of scrapping brand new aircraft. Um, yeah, and Emirates remains very committed to the type. I mean, yeah. they've got to be really, haven't they? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> they really we should be talking choice. to Tim about that at the webinar, so mm. uh, do check it out. <laughs> Another plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, I mean, sadly, there wasn't much love left um, for the Etihad fleet this week either, because whether or not Emirates' neighbour would return the type has always been sort of up for debate. However, things just got a whole lot worse. So there was an interview this week um, between the UAE publication The National and the airline's CEO, Tony Douglas. And basically what he said is, we've now taken the strategic decision to park the A380s. I'm sure it's very likely that we won't see them operating with Etihad again. Oh, and you just—I mean, that's of, that's quite, he's never been particularly overenthused by the A380, well, like since know, the start of the pandemic. But I, yeah, uh, but like even when he was in that podcast, um, sort of maybe September or October time, he was sort of like personally, you know, I want to see it come back, but I just don't see it yeah. really as as viable. Um, that is a pretty damning statement though that he yeah. doesn't see them flying again oh, well, oh, i mean if times. the ceo says that you know like it's not like and isn't that the only aircraft with the residents on board yes it is and uh, that means oh. basically a lot of people won't get to Ever. experience it but um <laughs> like what, me <laughs> i know what i did suggest though to somebody the other day was that it would make the perfect house because it has a built-in apartment already <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just have to find somewhere to park it yeah well just buy a field <laughs> but you know like given what you said about the a380 last week joe you'd imagine that things are just looking terrible across the board but this isn't the case yay <laughs> so um, <laughs> tell me who does want the a380 then well our friendly irish ceo of british airways sean doyle uh, has given hope to the Airbus's uh, to Airbus's giant of the skies. So the British flag carrier's CEO confirmed that the aircraft would indeed return to service, but when exactly isn't 
immediately apparent. So in an interview with The Independent, Doyle commented, the A380 isn't flying at the minute, but it is in our plans for the future rebuild of the airline. Exactly when we will put the A380 back into service is something we're not clear on. Oh, well, that's very positive. Well, it is, you know, like I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it comes back. You know, they've initially grounded the A380 around a year ago as the pandemic began to wreak havoc on the industry. Um, we've seen a couple of the A380s put into deep storage, but overall British Airways has taken a different approach, you know. Um, it, as, as you're well aware from my previous ramblings on the type, you know, it um, <laughs> was initially positioned to Chateauroux in France. Um, but continued to ferry the giant to and from London and even to Manila for maintenance. Um, and it just, it kind of shows, you know, the fact that, um, that BA is willing to spend such funds on maintenance and pilots to ferry them around. You know, um, like Lufthansa, for example, hasn't done that. The aircraft have just been sat wherever they've they've ended up. And it just, it shows yeah, that. Yeah, most BA, airlines have, haven't they? Yeah, you know, like every airline is cutting costs where it can, you know, and if there was no reasonable sort of view of this aircraft coming back anytime soon. It would make more financial sense to put it into long-term parking than just back Keep into service. Keep it back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very positive. They're obviously keeping them ready to go and keeping their pilots yeah. current as well, which uh, yeah. is all good signs. So uh, fingers crossed it won't be too long. Mm. Um, and well, the I speed mean, at which we're rolling out the vaccine here in the UK, I really think uh, things are looking up for a, yeah. a proper travel restart by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see, um, like, if a major market like the US suddenly opened up, I feel we'd get... Uh, sort of huge demand for going there and I could totally see BA putting putting the type on on the route but I, I don't think yeah. it's going to be all of the aircraft at once because today the, no, fleet, no. the fleet's now split across three physical locations so six of the 12 are sort of in the temporary storage we described in Madrid um, and they're currently cycling back and forth from London for their maintenance the three oldest jets are in long-term storage in Terrell um, and, you know, I think they could come back, but also they'd be the sort of obvious choice to retire any if there does need to be retirements. And yeah. um, the last three have actually been enjoying the sun in Doha next to their Qatar Airways cousins. Oh, lovely. <laughs> hmm. I wonder who will unpark them first. <laughs> oh, it would be BA, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. So to round off the podcast today... Um, I, I wanted to talk about a ding dong on Donghai Airlines, um, and I realised after hard about that one, didn't you? <laughs> I actually have to um, give all the credit to a reader who commented on social one of our social media posts um, that we should have called it Ding Dong on Donghai. And if you're listening from America, I'm, I'm not being racist here. Actually, it's uh, Ding Dong is a, a British term for um, something that is kind of like a big argument, <laughs> like a fight. <laughs> so I just wanted to clear that up. Because when mm. I put this on the podcast list, Tom actually thought I was being horrifically, um, yeah, un-PC uh, <laughs> towards people. But I'm really not. It's it's a well-known British term for having a row. So uh, anyway, 
on with the story. <laughs> now I've dug myself into that hole. I will attempt to claw back out. Um, so it was March the 6th when the news began to be shared on social media about a mid-air brawl between two members of crew on a Donghai Airlines flight. Um, but the flight had actually taken place a little while before on February the 20th. Um, if you want to check it out, it's DZ6297 flying from Nantong to Xi'an. Mm. Um, and it was only about 50 minutes away from landing uh, when one of the pilots decided they needed to use the restroom. So they went into the first class cabin, which is immediately behind the front of the plane, um, and used the bathroom. But a passenger in the premium cabin wanted to go to the toilet at the same time and apparently knocked on the door to request access. Uh, But the pilot said that they had to return to their seat and wait. Anyway, when the pilot came out of the bathroom and saw the passenger had not returned to his seat, but instead was kind of lingering outside the door, Mm. he apparently became incredibly enraged and he yelled at the flight attendant who was looking after the first class cabin saying that he wasn't doing his job and that he had endangered the safety of the flight um and really we don't know what happened next but the dispute apparently got quite ugly and led to physical violence um and both men involved this was the flight attendant and the the pilot uh walked away with some quite serious bodily injuries um the the reports on weibo which is the chinese social media platform uh said the flight attendant had a broken arm while the pilot lost a tooth um i'm not sure which is worse there but they're they're both quite bad yeah uh And so because it kind of blew up on social media and and everybody found out about it, um, the the Civil Aviation Administration of China has stepped in um, and has enacted some harsh punishment on the airline and the crew members involved. So Mm -hmm. straight after the incident, Donghai Airlines suspended both people from flying. um, But now it looks like they'll both struggle to ever work in the industry again. Um, The pilot has had his license revoked by the CEAC and the flight attendant's been barred from flying at all so yeah (laughs) i think they need to go and find other jobs even as a Um, passenger or just um well i I don't it just said he was barred from flying i don't know if that means working or just barred from actually flying at all (laughs) Mm. uh, it's it's always a bit kind of hit and miss when you get reports out of uh, chinese media because they it kind of it's almost like they say chinese whispers you know you never get the full story or the detail um and unfortunately i can't speak uh, any of the languages so i i don't tend to understand the uh (laughs) the news feeds that i find anyway back to the story other members of the crew were also involved in the scuffle and they've received bans or temporary bans. Um, but the thing that was most serious of all is Donghai Airlines, the airline itself, has been suspended from launching any new routes and it is being prevented from adding any new flights or capacity to its existing routes. So, you know, in terms of a COVID recovery, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I the- kind of feel a bit bad for the airline, you know, because... At the end of the day, it did happen on the airline, but it could have happened on any airline, you know. Yeah, it could have really. And it, it seems, you know, I wouldn't like to point fingers of blame, but it was the pilot who kind of overreacted a yeah. little bit, according to what's been said on social media. Um, but uh, yeah, the the guy that from um, the CAAC who said that this ban was going to happen, he didn't say for how long these restrictions are going to repl- remain in place. So, you know, a bit of a nightmare for Donghai Airlines, I think. Mm. Um, and it, th- in explanation of this very harsh penalty, it said it has 
zero tolerance for potential safety hazards to flights and therefore it feels the punishment is necessary. Um, so I guess in a way it's good to see an, an authority acting with, you know, kind of determination on these sorts of matters because all too often we hear about ruckuses on planes that don't really get sorted out. But yeah. uh, on the other hand, I, I hope they let them off soon because it wasn't entirely the airline's fault, I don't think. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. And um, I mean, I, I, I feel bad for the airline. You know, I kind of think if I, I, with the pilot having sort of been in this punch up, I, I, I really feel like his ban is is warranted, you know, like if yeah. these people are in the control of the lives of sort of maybe 200, 300 people at a time, you know, they need to be able to keep a cool head calm. But, um, <laughs> yeah calm and collected at all times while on the job yeah but absolutely you know, i do feel bad about the the airline because it as you say it could have happened on any airline it, it just happened to be that it was this particular one so yeah yeah well hopefully they get it resolved soon and mm. uh, you know hopefully the flight attendants are men soon as well <laughs> mm. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Um, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. And as usual, we welcome your feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed our podcast, please do leave us a rating on your favourite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.